Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How you doing, Andy? Oh, Scotty, Leaf Nation, they're feisty this morning, my friend. <laughs> they, oh. they, they don't want to hear about trading away their top forwards, Andy. That, that, is not, uh, <laughs> that, that is not going to go over well with Leaf Nation. This is what I love. It's, we need a number one defenseman. Uh, what are you going to give up? Freddie Goche. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't it, work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering, honestly, if, there's, if the model is changing somewhat for NHL teams in terms of, like, look, if you already have Drew Doughty, terrific. You're, you're obviously going to cling to him, uh, you know, white knuckle all the way and sure. make sure you, you hang on to him. But I think there are so many teams that don't have, you know, that superstar number one guy that you, um, you know, that you really think you're going to build around. So, you know, if you see what happened with Vegas, if you see, look, Washington's defense is okay, um, you know, but there's no one on that defense that you say, oh, that is the guy that we, um, you know, are going to be getting Norris trophies out of. Like, John Carlson's a good defenseman, but he doesn't play their tough matchups. Right. Um, you know, that goes to Niskan and Orloff. And so kind of those three guys are good defensemen, but none of them are, are guys that you're expecting to be in the Norris Trophy discussion. So, between that and, and um, you know what we saw from Vegas, which was obviously kind of a patchwork uh, bunch of guys who were cobbled around from around the league, that I think there are teams that are you know, deciding that they're not going to overpay um, to get somebody who's kind of the number one defenseman. Um, that they would rather you know find their um, improve their value elsewhere and and you know make the best possible defense you can. But if if it means um, you know, like in, in specifically in the case of the Leafs, if it means you know load up up front and and you know hope that that overcomes your weaknesses on the blue line, I think that's kind of what they're what they're trying. And you know if if the time comes that. Um, that there will be a defenseman on the market that maybe uh, at a more reasonable price than then they could pounce. But I, I like when I look at what the, the Leafs are doing, I, I'm I'm not expecting that they would move out one of those young forwards in order to get a defenseman. I, I just I think that they're they're not expecting that they're going to be able to trade for you know that marquee guy you know that you kind of hold out as the the dream scenario. Right, and Scotty, I mentioned before you came on of maybe it's the Pittsburgh model that the Leafs are lining themselves up for, whether that's intentional or not, where when they won the Cup last, it was heavy forward, strong down the middle, great goaltending, Latang was out, the defense was the liability, but if you have enough and you have possession enough and you're driving play, then you can take away the defense as long as you have a strong goalie to, you know, when, when things break down to cover you up. And maybe that's the model that the Leafs should be looking to. Yep. Well, and, and that even ties into, you know, the, the Washington uh, Vegas thing is that, you know, when Pittsburgh won the cup, that wasn't a star studded defense either. Yeah. You know, particularly, particularly the, the year that uh, Latang was out. I mean, that, that year it was really, you, know, you, you looked at that defense and, and thought, wow, boy, too, too bad that that's what Pittsburgh left with. There's no way they can win a cup with that defense. And, and sure enough, they did. And, and I think uh, that that's becoming uh, a possibility for teams. You know, Because for, say, a decade before, it became, well, you have to have Duncan Keith and Drew mm-hmm. Doughty and, and Zdeno Chara or one of these guys who plays 27 minutes and in all situations and does everything and, and wins Norris trophies, et cetera. I think we're finding that you know there are other you know, more than one way to skin a cat, uh, as they say. You know that you, you might be able to 
create yourself a Stanley Cup contender without having that uh, workhorse number one defenseman. And, and you know, Toronto, I don't think you, you design yourself uh, to, to be in that position, but I think when you find yourself in that position, um, you almost have to embrace it and, yeah. and just go and make the best team you can. And, you know, if it turns out that, one of the young defensemen you've drafted can develop into one of those guys. Terrific. But I, I think the, the idea that you're going to go in the trade market and, and secure the services of, of this, you know, 25 year old, um, defenseman who's, who's, you know, going to win Norris trophies. I, I just don't see that happening. Right. And yeah, with the Leafs going after John Tavares, that situation presented itself. They got him. And so now you build around your strength. Like mm-hmm. now you're so deep. Down the middle, right? You got uh, Tavares, Matthews, and Kadri. You have Freddie Anderson, and if they go with Garrett Sparks as the backup, coming off of AHL goalie of the year, and you, you take some workload off Freddie, like this is le- you can you can add maybe some more boring, steady back end pieces, Scotty, and be okay still. Absolutely, and then like if, if, kind of building on your point there about what Pittsburgh's defense is like when you saw the the Penguins. Uh, filling in their defense, it, it wasn't as though people were, oh wow, <laughs> they got Brian <laughs> Dumoulin, and and you know, and only Mata was a first round pick, but not a, a spectacular type of first round pick, you know. And Justin Schultz had, had well worn out his welcome in Edmonton, um, but then you know he played a really crucial role when when Latang was out, and so th- that is in many ways that you see teams um, if they're looking to get value on the blue line, you find somebody um, that maybe is undervalued on another team. And now this is, you know, you can search around the league and I'm sure, you know, the, the Maple Leafs having, uh, you know, an actual analytics team, they, they probably have a whole list of guys that they think are being underutilized around the league. Um, and maybe that's how, how you can acquire a defensive upgrade. But I don't think that's, you know, that's not you getting a Norris Trophy caliber guy. It's you getting, you know, maybe a guy who fits in your top four that isn't playing in the top four somewhere else. And, uh, and, and if you're going to do that, you know, you don't give up one of the, the core young pieces. You, you find some of your other assets to, uh, to move if you're going to find somebody who's a, a little bit undervalued that might be able to play a bigger role for in. I, I think that's, that would be a more likely scenario for uh, Toronto, just given um, that that happens more often around the league that, one team kind of sours on a defenseman, and other teams start to look and go, "Oh, well, maybe maybe it's maybe. not so bad. Maybe maybe he could work for us." And and so, like as you say, Pittsburgh, that they're a team that has had some success with that, and uh, certainly Schultz has uh, rebounded there, and, and even Jamie Alexiak, when they picked him up last year from Dallas, like he was he was fading fast in Dallas, like it looked like he was going to wash out, but. Um, became a, a serviceable third-pairing guy for the Penguins. So that might be the kind of thing that uh, Toronto can do is that you know you, you nibble around the edges a little bit and up, upgrade what you can. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter, at TSN Scott Cullen. Okay, Scotty, let's get into some, some rankings. We're about, what, mm-hmm. three weeks away from training camp? So we can, <laughs> it's August 22nd. Let's go. Uh, we're, we're hot with Leafs talk here. When we look at it, let, let's begin maybe in the Atlantic here, because as much of, of how the Leafs on paper have improved, you get Tavares, Tampa Bay is not fooling around. Like, <laughs> no, they are not. Oh, where, where do you put Tampa Bay overall and then kind of match up where, where the Leafs are, um, either equal or, or beneath them? Well, th- these will not go down as official rankings at the moment. No, but not, not at all. But we are, uh, <laughs> I think my ballpark is, is that you would have Nashville, 
Tampa Bay, Winnipeg are probably the top three. Uh, and then you have, uh, I think, some combination. Like, I, I have Toronto probably in the top six. Um, and, and I don't know yet whether I, I think they're better than Boston or not. Um, you know, Boston, I, I, I felt like Boston was clearly a better team last year. Uh, but I don't necessarily know if that kind of holds. You know, once you add Tavares to the to the Leafs roster, and, and the Bruins lost a few uh, decent supporting pieces uh, in the off season, and uh, you know, as I say, these aren't officials, but it, my my hunch would be that I I might give the Leafs a slight edge over Boston. And it, this is you know your point about the Atlantic Division, like that's a gauntlet to get out of there, and and really just at the top. You know, like <laughs> the rest of the division is a mess. You know, there are a lot of bad teams there. But those three teams, Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto, um, that's a slugfest uh, to get out of there. And, and I think that's, you know, that's the, the life for the Maple Leafs. Is you can look at them and say, wow, they, they should be a cup contender. And sure, they should be. They also might get bounced in the first round because wow. they still have to play either Tampa Bay or Boston. And, and so, like, that would be massively disappointing. But, you know, if you're going to win a cup, you're going to have to go and beat one of those teams to, to do it, and you're going to have to beat them early. And I'm wondering then, Scotty, if the goal has to be for the Maple Leafs to, and not that it wouldn't be normally, but to, to try to avoid that at least in the first round, you might have to go out and win the whole damn thing, win the Atlantic. Yep. Easier said than done. Tampa Bay's coming off a 113-point season, but I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And didn't do anything to get worse. No, right? not like, at all. They have a 113-point season, and, and you know they don't have any significant losses on their team. Oof. So that's uh, that, that's a tall order. But I think you're you're right. That's exactly uh, the the strategy. I think you have to employ is that you would feel much better uh, finishing first to get either you know a fifth place team from the Metro or. Um, if if somebody jumps up in the Atlantic to be a, the fourth team that makes it there, um, you would feel much better about your chances doing that than having to deal with uh, Tampa Bay or Boston. Now, I mean, who knows what what teams look like by the end of the season? But you know, as we're looking at it now, uh, you still have to see Tampa Bay and Boston as being a really hard uh, matchup um, to get. You know, for the Maple Leafs to get through, and this is for a Maple Leafs team that is, as much promise as they have, and as uh, as much as they ha- have the right to have expectations. You know, it's been a long time since they've won playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, to go and do that against teams like Boston and Tampa Bay that um, are both really great regular season teams, but have have had some playoff success recently. Well, you know, that that's a tall order. Oh, sure, and it would look a lot better, as you said, rather than to play Tampa Bay or Boston in the first round for the Maple Leafs. You look at the wildcard teams, Columbus, New Jersey, Florida knocking on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it's not going to be tricky, but that's a, a, a that's a whole lot less uh, a daunting uh, a look than taking on one of those two teams. Absolutely. That sounds much more achievable, yes. doesn't it? Like, I can do that. Hey, can you handle Florida in the first round? Yes, yes please. please. <laughs> no offense to the Panthers. No. Yeah, please, give me, give me a shot at the Panthers before, before I have to deal with the Lightning, I think would be the, uh, the objective. So, and, and as you say, it's not as though that hasn't been the objective all along, but yeah. I think when, when you are um, kind of on the way up the way the Maple Leafs are, uh, you kind of reach a point where the expectations you know, get fairly high and maybe even ahead of where your performance has been. And I think that's kind of where Toronto is. The expectations are like, yes, this is a team that has to, you know, try and win the division on, on the way to try and compete for a Stanley cup. And, and, you know, and we're saying that about a team that just hasn't had uh, playoff success with this, this group of players. And, and so um, kind of whenever it does happen, it'll be, you know, essentially for the first time uh, and hopefully for the, the first time of, of many, I, I would presume. 
In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Writes all sports rankings, fantasy, but we're talking <laughs> hockey right now. Uh, so, Scotty, where do we put the defending Stanley Cup champ, the Washington Capitals, won the Metro 105 points, and it, compared to the teams we just talked about, regular season point-wise, came underneath Tampa Bay and Boston. Mm-hmm. Where do we look at the Capitals as defending champs? Well, yeah, I mean, this is strange because a lot of times the defending champ you think is usually well suited to to win but you know they were the defending champs who who kind of had an upset win for the Stanley Cup you know yeah. they didn't they didn't kind of powerhouse their way in in you know, I mean the previous two seasons really looked like a team that that should have been a cup contender and then the last year's roster you know was decidedly worse i mean I, you couldn't objectively look at last year's team compared to the year before and and say that they were better they they just weren't uh, but you know, sometimes matchups fall in your favor, and uh, you get a few breaks. I mean, look at when they when they were down two games to none uh, against Columbus. Nobody was talking about how Washington was destined to win the Stanley no. Cup. <laughs> it, it, it was you know they needed an overtime goal in Game Three to just keep keep hope alive, uh, and and so that all turned around obviously. But you know, my kind of takeaway is is that I don't think Washington is. You know, a powerhouse team going into next season. It's not as though they um, they're not in position to make a, a bunch of upgrades because you know they're jammed up against the cap and um, it, you know their hope I think has to be that guys like Burakovsky and Vrana uh, who have played kind of supporting roles that maybe they could take a step forward uh, and give them a little bit more. But to me, that like Washington is probably you know, top eight or nine team, which. You know, so, sounds you know pretty damning for the defending Stanley Cup champions, but I think that's kind of where they are right now. And last one for you here, Scotty, Vegas. Talk about what people did not <laughs> see coming. Uh, no <laughs> a year ago, Vegas, of course, took the world by storm. They were the darling storyline. 109 points, won the Pacific. This team is screaming to regress this year. <laughs> they are. And, 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 you know, everybody who's going to, you know, knock them down in, in terms of preseason rankings and, and, and projections and so on is going to get you know accused of raining on their parade yeah. and thinking they're a fluke. And, it, and it's not so much that you know the whole team is a fluke, but there are some you know very important players that have, like a guy like Mark Andre Fleury, who's you know 34 years old and um, probably just had the best season of his career, uh, expecting that oh well he'll he'll just have another best season of his career <laughs> at this age is probably not uh, a realistic. Hope, uh, you know, and, and William Carlson, who scored 43 goals and almost in an unprecedented fashion, you know, going from a guy who uh, scored nine goals and six goals uh, the previous couple of years to, to suddenly scoring 43. Well, you know, it, it's fair to think that he's not going to shoot 23% next year, and, and so you're going to lose some goals there. So, like, <laughs> if everything else went the same for Vegas and you just knocked away, um, you know, the goaltending that you're likely to lose. Uh, some effect from Flurry, and if Carlson, you know, loses 15 goals because the shooting percentage comes down, like that, that'll be a big difference for the team sure. already, you know. And then, you know, they lost a few guys, James Neal and, and David Perron, left in free agency. So, I, like, I, I, I still think they're a playoff team. I mean, I don't think we can just no think them them way down. But at the same time, like, I, I wouldn't come into the season. Oh, well, yeah, they, you know, they were in the Cup final, so they're definitely in the in the top two or top four for next season, I, I just don't see that. I, you know, they're probably a, a top dozen type team for me. And, and health wise too, like they were a healthy team, and that's something you mm-hmm. can't really predict, right? But just the law of averages, we we see it every year, right? It, it as as healthy as they were, you could 
see it go the other way. Or even, as you said, if you if shooting percentage comes down or a player X gets injured for this amount of games, like there's just yeah. so much lined up. It's going to be going to be tough for an encore because they came out of the gate as hot as you could. Yeah, well, and think of of you know how crucial some of their individual players are. Like that, their their top line there. Uh, say Jonathan Marcheseau misses a bunch of time, or you know, I mean Carlson misses a bunch of time. Uh, you know, if, if one of those guys uh, is out, I think that's really hard to, for them to make up. Like I think they they did a nice job um, last year in terms of depth, and, and when they added Paul Stastny from Winnipeg, that's going to help mm-hmm. in terms of depth, um, uh, so that they have you know uh, a solid contribution from your, from your second and third lines. But you know, if you're mis- missing one of the you know key uh, contributors, like I, I could see that being a real problem because, as you say, last year they were really healthy, and and I think some of that may have to do with like the age. They had a lot of guys who were kind of in their, you know, prime years, mid twenties, um, and and that you know probably is a good time for for guys to be healthy. And it, it, while you say you can't predict injuries, the one thing you would say is, look, if a team is older, they're more likely to have injuries that cause problems. But in in the case of uh, Vegas, I mean, what if that that falls on Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, the, the one guy who is um, older on that roster is also the one guy that they really can't afford to lose for uh, a significant amount of time. No, like they, they did lose him for a while last year to a concussion, and, and it felt like they were walking a tightrope. They somehow managed uh, to get decent goaltending while he was out, but I, I wouldn't want to bet my season on it happening again just because you know, most teams don't get down to their fourth-string goaltender and still survive. Absolutely. Uh, Scotty, great stuff as always talking hockey on August 22nd. Hey, the real thing will be here before we know it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca.